the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Let's go the distance by keeping our distance. Nissan, innovation that excites. Well, it's business as usual here on a Tuesday. We go down to earth and welcome back Dr. Cara Gustenberg, environmental scientist. And as always, she picks a topical theme for us when we go down to earth. And it seems that environmentalists might be breathing a sigh of relief as our planet gets a bit of rest from human activities right now. No better woman to take us down to earth in terms of what COVID means for the planet uh, and how a viral emergency may create some new normals for us. First of all, how is the planet responding to COVID? Well, Ivan, we've seen anecdotal evidence around the world that that there might be some benefits to this. I mean, the European Space Agency is able to tell using their satellites that particulate matter and air pollution is declining across the globe. And even on News Talk Breakfast this morning, they were commenting on how now you can see the stars so much more clearly in Dublin as a result of that. Uh, And then we've heard other things like in the United Kingdom, uh, birds are now nesting on beaches where they haven't been seen for years because as people move out of these areas, it allows nature to move in. So there is some evidence that, that it may be good, but but there's some, uh, there's still, the jury's still out because obviously we're in the middle of this uh, crisis at the moment and, and how it un- unravels will really determine what happens with the planet. But is there already an improvement in air quality? Like the, the, the planes aren't flying and I'm sure a lot of the energy burners and CO2 and greenhouse gas emitters are not functioning as normal. Yeah, when it comes to air pollution, we've definitely seen an immediate decline. And in fact, in, in China, they're saying that that in just two months of reducing pollution levels from the lack of manufacturing, uh, a Stanford, Stanford professor has calculated that it's likely already saved the lives of 4,000 children under five and 73,000 adults over 70 in China alone. And when you compare that to the the 3,300 uh, 3, deaths from coronavirus in China, actually, I mean, the benefits in, in air quality are w- far outweigh the, the number of deaths from coronavirus in that case. And, and is there a breakdown of individual countries? Uh, not not quite yet. China is obviously the the um, the one that's shown the most benefit because they had a very heavy manufacturing base. Uh, the improvements in air quality are making a huge difference there. I mean, we have seen in the United States that uh, traffic and air pollution is plummeting across cities around the country, and and even there's a, a significant number of reduced deaths from from traffic accidents there. Um, but in Ireland, we don't have a, a high manufacturing base, so while we will see an improvement in air quality. It won't be quite as substantial. And when it comes to greenhouse gases, we, we need to step back and take a longer view because we tend to report greenhouse gases on more of an annual basis. We don't get that kind of real-time data that we do with other air pollutants. Um, and, and we're not sure. I mean, we would say, yes, people aren't flying as much, so there'll be a drop in aviation emissions and people aren't going to their, their workplaces. However, we are all individually using a lot of energy in our households right now. Uh, and we happen to have a, 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 the last few weeks in Ireland um, not very much wind penetration. So that energy is largely being produced from fossil fuel-based sources. Uh, so, you know, we don't know yet what the effect will be on greenhouse gas emissions. But could this, ironically and accidentally, uh, you know, we were on a, a, a countdown to 
2030 and so on. Could this step change, say it went on for four or five months and, and impacted around the globe when you get to India and so on, actually alter the figures when we come to year end or this time next year? Yeah, we we saw this with the 2008-2009 economic crash in Ireland. The only time we have significantly dropped our greenhouse gas emissions in Ireland was was because of that crash. And as Professor Sweeney has said, like these reduced emissions from the coronavirus will buy the planet a little bit of time, but no more than a few years. So it does mean that that you know that quote we heard from the IPCC about how we have 10 years now to to solve climate change. Well, maybe now we have 12 instead as a result of this this pandemic. Um, but but we also have seen that in the past, while emissions have been reduced as a result of economic uh, hardship, like in uh, 2009, they were reduced by 1.4% globally, greenhouse gases. Uh, the following year, in 2010, they grew by nearly 6%. So we get this snapback, often because governments go and bail out fossil fuel companies and, and dirty industries to try and keep the economy going. And as a result, emissions uh, increase exponentially once again. And and most notably in Ireland, we saw that with the transport sector after the last economic crash. So what have we learned from COVID-19 with respect to the planet so far? Well, I found six things when I combed the literature to see what scientists, what environmental scientists and environmental economists are saying. And 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 one thing is we can already see how closely linked the economy is to pollution, because as soon as we step back from economic development, uh, our pollution situation improves. Um, we've also learned that we can actually radically change our lifestyles when there's strong political will. So the kind of things that we're doing right now are very much in line with the kind of things we probably need to do to reduce emissions, including things like working from home. So we've certainly opened our eyes into what the possibilities are uh, to limit our travel, not to fly as much. So those are a few things. Um, Another thing is that we've started to look like we've started to see a potential preview of what uh, a financial crisis could look like under a a changing climate, because changing climate is also an external shock that we will experience very similar to to what's happening with the coronavirus. So, um, you know, this is a sign of things to come uh, if we don't act on climate too. Um, and, And therefore, are we looking at a new normal of people localizing everything they do? Yeah, and and this is another lesson that we we can see that what's actually what's good for the planet, what we have always been advocating for is localized production would actually be a really sensible way to protect us from these kind of risks like coronavirus, because uh, it means that our supply chain is localized. And one of the problems we're seeing now is we're so dependent on goods from China, we're not getting those goods anymore, you know, and our supply chain is impacted. So focusing again on on localization is important. And I think the final uh, big lesson for me, the big eye opener is we have heard that that coronavirus is very likely came from from a a pangolin animal, a species that's used in China. Their scales are used for medicinal purposes uh, and they're sold in these wet markets. And some of the environmental health specialists are saying that the global north really needs to stop driving biodiversity destruction in in these other countries because as we continue to demand wood and minerals and resources uh, from these other countries, we are promoting the degradation of their landscapes and that's driving access to these kind of diseases that are coming from species like this. Uh, and so we need to look again at, at, at biodiversity loss and destruction of nature to kind of protect us from, from being exposed to similar viruses in the future. 
Um, is there any rebound risks on the far side of COVID-19? Yeah, I think it's really interesting that already in the United States, uh, you know, every industry is is going to the government looking for bailout, including the fossil fuel industry. Uh, the coal the coal unions are now asking to roll back regulations for environmental protection and for worker protection to try and help them through this economic hardship. Uh, so, you know, there is a risk that that dirty industries will get bailed out, that climate change will be put on the back burner, it won't become a priority issue. Um, um, and and the kind of the rebound effects we're even seeing in China now that local governments are ordering factories just to run their machines, uh, simply to use power to kind of pretend that economic growth is coming back. So we have to be really careful that we don't have these kind of rebound effects and that, that we keep uh, climate change as a, a priority issue when we're talking about an economic recovery when we come out of this. No. They say in all things, never waste a good crisis, particularly when it comes to public policy or introducing radical reforms. What are the planetary aspects of not wasting a good crisis? Yeah, uh, David Roberts, who writes for Vox.com, has written the absolute manual that every government should follow when they're looking at how they stimulate their economies after this. And and I liked what Jamie Henn from 350.org said. He said, look, coronavirus has turned off the global economy. Let's install a new operating system before we turn it back on. And a lot of the things that we have advocated for regarding the Green New Deal and transformation of energy and housing and transport systems are, are all really effective ways of, of improving the economy, of, of boosting the economy, creating new jobs uh, without creating more, more fossil fuels, more greenhouse gas emissions. So there is an opportunity to really uh, put climate at the forefront of a new stimulus package. All right. Uh, um, so at the end of the day, um, maybe there are positives here insofar as I could see that the total way offices run in terms of Zoom and Microsoft team conference calls and so on, that this, this, this actually can end up being more efficient. People spend less time in meetings. Maybe people will travel less in terms of having meetings in Milan. You'll have a video conference. Maybe online shopping and, and ways we do business will all be utterly transformed because after three or four months of, of creating new habits particularly amongst older people, they may become permanent. Yeah, I, I think if you're a policymaker and you're looking about looking at ways to reduce emissions, this has been a perfect learning ground to see what works and what is possible uh, under difficult circumstances. So, so we should definitely see this as an opportunity to learn some lessons to apply to climate action. All right, uh, that's our down-to-earth uh, silver lining to every cloud on COVID and the climate. My thanks, as always, to our regular environmental scientist, Dr. Cara Gustamer. And you're even doing your own UCD lectures by remote thing. The students are saying it's great not having to put up with you in person. Is this true? <laughs> It's great. My students are all over the world now. A lot of them went home and we're using Zoom. And uh, actually, I, we're, we're all really enjoying it. And I'm certainly enjoying lecturing from home. All right. Well, we look forward to welcoming you back into the studio when the crisis is over. Cara Gustenberg, thank you as always. Thanks, Simon. All right. Okay. Eamon is back. Let's get a news update.